Alright, Shalom Lechem, Erev Tov. We are studying together about the life of Rabban Gamliel. Bezat Hashem. I was hoping to finish it all tonight, but it looks like uh, my time might have gotten away from me. Let's see what we can do together. We are in the encyclopedia on page 199, 200, and in the source sheet that says, um, source sheet, that's what it says, I'm going to be a source sheet. And was successfully able to navigate many tricky situations for the Jewish people. We find him all over the place, uh, traveling on behalf of the Jewish people. If you look to me at the bottom, page 199. Aside from spiritual leadership, Rabban Gamliel worked very hard to take care of the political leadership of the nation. We found him traveling to Rome, which we already discussed, uh, going to save the Jewish people. We find him traveling to meet the leadership in Syria. And last week we studied that because of his need to involve himself in government, Chachamim allowed him and his family to study Greek in their home. Also in the land of Israel, we find him in many places. We find him all over the place in rabbinic literature, traveling from place to place with his friends and his students. We find him often in Lod, He's all over the place. Whenever you find Rabban Gamliel in rabbinic literature, he's not in one place. There's a famous story we're going to read down together where the government had sent two people to convert to Judaism in order to uncover what is the truth about Judaism. You should know that this was always a concern when it came to conversion to Judaism. Not just people converting for the wrong reasons, meaning for the sake of marriage or for other such things, but converting for the wrong reasons as in to spy on Am Yisrael. There was a famous man, his name slips my mind right now, in Germany, who spent years, there was no conversion system, maybe, I'm not excited if I told you five or ten years converting to Judaism. Lived in the German community, learned Torah, mastered Talmud, and the whole time was there undercover, in order to investigate the Jewish community, and he put out one of the most famous anti-Semitic works that came out of there. After he came back out, he wrote all of his, everything the Torah said, all the things that Jews believe about Goyim, and so on and so forth. And that was a very famous, right now his name is slipping my mind, I can look it up for you and send it to you, in the Google Classroom. So let's read the story inside from the Stifle. I'm at source 52 in the PDF. It's not hot? Or maybe we took too much hot water. It only holds five cups of hot water. No. I'll read it in English. Verily, he also loved the peoples. We are hereby taught that the Holy One, blessed be he, did not apportion love to the nations of the world in the manner that he did to Israel. Know this to be so, for they said that the theft of a non-Jew is permitted, and of a Jew forbidden. And it indeed transpired that the monarchy once sent two commissioners. Those are their sardita'ot. Instructing them, go and make yourselves converts. 
and go and see what the Torah of Israel is like. They did so and they went to Rabban Gamliel to Usha. That's where we said he was. And studied scripture, the Torah, Mishnah, Midrash, Halachot, and Agadot. Before dying, they said, They told him, Your Torah is all beautiful and praiseworthy. Except for one thing. That stealing from a non-Jew is permissible and stealing from a Jew is forbidden. But we will not reveal this secret to the monarchy. I mean, we won't tell the government that Jews can steal from non-Jews. So if you're bothered like you are, wait for the next Gemara. This story has a parallel in Talmud Yerushalmi. So these people are also officials. It's the same story, varying text. To go study Torah from Rabban Gamliel. Just like we said. At the end they told him, There's two things that we don't like about your Torah. That a Jewish woman shall not act as a midwife to a non-Jewish woman, but a non-Jewish woman can act as a midwife for a Jewish woman. That a Jewish woman should not nurse the child of a non-Jew, but a non-Jewish woman may nurse the child for a Jew with her consent. Here there's three things, interestingly enough. That the stealing of a non-Jew is permitted and the stealing of a Jew is not. At that moment, Gazar Rabban Gamliel. Rabban Gamliel decreed. What is a decree? In the Sanhedrin. It's a Supreme Court ruling. That it was forbidden to rob from a non-Jew and this he did in order to protect the name of a Kadosh Baruch the reputation of the Torah. How could it be that people will say, oh, we can steal from Goyim but we can't steal from Jews. Now by this, yeah, you should know about stealing from Jews and non-Jews and why originally this way, why did, why did the Torah have to wait for a rabbi to come along and edit this? It's a fascinating conversation, one that I can't have right now. He said, okay, even though you fixed the part of stealing, there's still some halachot in which non-Jews and non-Jews are not the same, like with this uh, ox that gores someone else's uh, ox. I feel uh, they said they won't ref- tell the government, but nevertheless it happened that when they reached the ladder of Tzu, of Tyre, they forgot everything anyways. Their memory was erased. Why? 5G microchips. I don't know what happened. But they, they were erased and therefore they didn't have to worry about anything. The encyclopedia continues. I'm back in the encyclopedia. There's a story about Rabban Gamliel whose life was in danger. Let's read it together from Ta'anit. Why, why read it like this? Um, if you want to read more about the Gizela of Ananju, you can look what I, I quoted in the next section. Turn to me to, pay, to source 55 in the source sheet. The Mishnah taught the following. Toranus Rufus, when Turnus Rufus, who's Turanus Rufus? He's the man who destroyed the Ben Mikdash. Harashat Echal, when he plowed down the sanctuary, Nigzera Gezeral Rabban Gamliel Hariga, they issued a decree 
תקל רבן גמליאל. בא אותו הגמון ועמד בבית המדרש. A certain Roman government official, an officer, came and stood outside the בית המדרש ואמר, and he said, בעל החותם מת... חותם? מתבקש, בעל החותם מתבקש. The one who has the nose, please come out. The one who has the nose, please come out. Again, if you're learning this in the Agadah, you'll ask questions like, why the nose? Shema Rabban Gamliel, Rabban Gamliel, heard this, Azal Tesham Inayhu, and he went into hiding. What just happened right now? But how did he know they were calling him? The guy with the nose? Everybody has a nose. Or maybe it's an original anti-Semitic stereotype. What's special about your nose? Watch. Watch. Look at my face and my side profile. Which part of my body sticks out the most? Not my belly. Don't look here. My nose. My nose. Why my nose? Because that's a part of your body that sticks out the most. I mean, the, the one who's the leader of the face, he's the one who sticks out the most. Run away. I mean, the Roman official came to announce that Abba heard and he ran away. Azal the Gabe Bitsina. The Roman officer came to him in private. Amarle and he tells him, If I save you from death, will you take me, please, to the next world? So you have here a non Jewish man. A Roman officer who believes in Rav Haba. And he knows that Rabban Gamliel can get him there. And he wants to make a deal. I'll save your life if you can save my next life. Amar lehen. He says, yes. Amar le ishtevali. Where do you find these words? Swear to me and he swear to him. Where do you find these words? Very good. Remember that? Very good. Ishtevali. So he swore to him. The officer went to the roof and as they say, he fell and died. What do you mean happened? He committed suicide. Why did he commit suicide? What would happen to him if he saved the Bengal's life? When the Romans had a tradition that when they issued a decree and one of their advisors died, they would cancel the decree. A voice came out from Shemaim and said, Ah, very good, yes. So he killed himself. That's very good. That's how he killed. Thank you. The pshat here is like my wife said. That why was he, did he die? Because he therefore saved Rabban Gamil's life. He was sent to go kill Rabban Gamil. Once he died, thank you. Once he died, he would cancel the decree. A voice came out from Shamayim and said, a batkol, which we're going to talk about in Thursday class, what is a batkol? The batkol came out and said, that officer is invited to a life in Olam Haba. So we find that Rabbi was also persecuted as much as he was trying to help the people. I'm back on the encyclopedia. We learn from here something interesting. The author of the encyclopedia makes a note that in Greek, they call a leader 
the one with the nose. I don't know Greek, so I can't tell you. Uh, but Rabban Gamliel, because he was familiar with the Greek culture, was able to save his life. That's how he knew to run. We find him often arguing with the Roman philosophers. We find the Mishnah of that the non-Jews used to fight with him. They would argue with him, the philosophers. There's so much to talk about in these sugyot. I'd rather finish. <laughs> you also find that the early Christians would come and argue with Rabban Gamliel. The minim, minim are literally heretics, but we refer to the early Christians as minim. Whenever you hear the word minim, it's Jewish people who became Christians. Biyamav in his days, hirimu haminim rosh. The early Christians reared their head. And because of that Nyavne, we instituted the blessing over the Minim. Which blessing is that? The Minim with the Mashinim, right? We have the Narativina. Rabbi, wasn't there, there was a story in the New Testament or something? I don't know if this is the same Gamriel, but I'm guessing it is based on what he said. That people came to him and said, and asked him what he thought about like the issue. Like, do you think this guy's for real or not? And Rabbi Gamriel gave him a kind of a, a almost like, like an evasive sort of answer, I guess. He sort of said to them, well, look, if he's for real, then... God will make things work out so that you know he'll be the Messiah and whatever. But if he's not, the more likely scenario, then it'll just kind of peter out on its own. So either way, you don't need to like mess with the situation. Like God will make it so that it comes out like how it's meant to come out. I don't know if that story is recorded accurately because obviously it's going to be recorded from people, authors who are looking to advocate for their you know leader and everything, but. I don't know. Is that the same I, I, that's a good question. Same Someone, you should ask someone who like knows their stuff well. I'm sure they could answer that. I, I don't know to tell you him, but there is a, a conversation a lot between him and the Christians. That Gemara and Shabbat that I'm skipping now, uh, it talks a lot about this conversation back and forth. The reason I'm skipping that Gemara, it's a very deep agarita that if you sit on it well, has some deep fundamentals. I'll save it for a time when we have time to learn it that way. If you learn on source 62, Amari Bilevi, Rabbi Levi says, the Rabbi Hillel bered Rabbi Shemuel bar Nachmani. No, next is the section 60, 63. Tanu Rabbanan, Rabbi Stad. Shimon HaPakuli. Shimon HaPakuli. Hisdir Shimona Yisrei Berachot Ifi Rabban Gamliel Ad Ad Aseder Biyavne. The Rabbi Shimon HaPakuli. HaPakuli, he instituted the 18 blessings of the Amidah in Yavne in front of Rabban Gamliel. Amar lehem Rabban Gamliel HaChachamim. Rabban Gamliel told HaChachamim. Kelum yesh adam sheyodea letaken berkat aminim. Is there anyone here? Who knows how to institute the blessing over the minim? Amad Shemuel Hakatan Vitikena. Shemuel Hakatan, who was they called him Hakatan, but he was the most pious man of his generation. He stood up and instituted the Birkata Minim. Why did they institute Birkata Minim? What was the logic behind it? The blessing of the heretics. In the Sidur, there's a blessing that we say all the heretics should be chopped down, should be destroyed, should be why do we have that blessing in Amidah? What's the purpose of it? 
That's a good way of leaving them out. The early Christians look just like early Jews. How can you tell them apart? Like today, the Messianics of our generation, you can't tell them apart. They do things, they observe halakha, they eat kasher, they keep Shabbat. How do you know then that the things they believe in are crooked? You don't want those people leading the community in tefillah. So we instituted that whoever's going to be the chazan is going to have to publicly curse out the minin. And that way, who would want to be leading the tefillah? So what happens though if someone gets to the Birkat Aminim and they will refuse to say it? You would know that they must be Amin. It's kind of like, uh, and I know that people who appreciate their amendment, their constitutional rights, they don't like what I'm about to say. But when someone says, can I search your vehicle? And you say, no. So it's true. Maybe you're just standing up for your rights. But nine times out of ten, likely the person who says, don't search my vehicle, it's because they have something they don't want you to find in their vehicle. Likely. Now, you could say, that's your right, and I'm not fighting that at all. I'm just telling you, most of the time, a person not willing to do something or say something is because they're guilty of that something. Here, here, the Gemara says there's a problem that happened. The Shanach, the next year, Shechacha. Shemuel HaKatan was the Chazan, but he forgot the blessing that he instituted. There's fascinating pieces here. Why? How do you forget? He instituted that. All people is going to remember. How could he... And in an attempt to remember the Barakha, he tried to collect himself. He was the Chazan in the middle of the Amidah, two or three hours. Now, maybe Shaot can mean two or three minutes. Or two or three. He stood there. He paused for a while. And they didn't remove him from serving as the Chazan. What do you mean? Why should they remove him? He's really a mean. Maybe he became a means this last year. They should take him down. So the Gemara asked, So why did they not remove him? By the way, notice, how do you say take him down from the podium? Why? Bring him up. It says bring him up, literally. You remember what I told you? In the olden days, you prayed down. They would go down to pray. The Pasuk says, yeah, they call out from the depths. They call out from the depths. You should pray from the depths. So what does it mean when you remove a chazan? You bring him up. I mean, you bring him back with the rest of the community. So they, why didn't they remove him? Vamarav Yehuda Marav. See, you would never know that by reading the English. Yes, the English will never tell you it means bring him up. It literally just says remove him. That's correct. It's correct meaning, but it's not the correct translation. Vamarav Yehuda Marav. Rav Yehuda said in the name of Rav. If a person who is the chazan made a mistake in any of the berachot, we don't remove him. But if he makes a mistake in the blessing of the minim, we remove him. Do we suspect that he's a heretic? So why do they remove him? Maybe we should suspect that Shemuel is a heretic. Shani, Shemuel HaKatan, Diyu Takanan. Shemuel HaKatan is different because he's the one who instituted this blessing. Could you use the logic of he who uses not to prohibit himself is... Yeah, so then look at the Gemara, says, V'nechush din ma'ahadarbe. Okay, maybe that's true, Oren, then. But maybe he did Teshuvah, meaning he returned back to believe in Yeshu. Maybe he's a heretic. Last year he was, and now he is. Amar Abaye, 
גמירי תבא להא ובישא. זה hard to say. גמירי, we've learned, we have a tradition in our hands, that תבא להא ובישא. A good person does not become wicked. We are full of all over places, people that are good becoming wicked. In fact, our rabbis themselves told us, don't believe in yourself until the day you die. Velo? The Gemara challenged, what, is that true? That the righteous one who leaves his righteousness and does wicked, the Gemara says that verse refers to somebody who was wicked and did teshuvah and then returned back to his evil ways. But somebody who was always a tzaddik, he doesn't return to his evil ways because he has nowhere to return. The Gemara says, come on. Do not believe in yourself until the day you die. Because Yochanan, the high priest, he worked as the Kohen Gadol. Not a Kohen. The Kohen Gadol. For 80 years. And the end, he became a Tzaduki. Meaning, after 80 years, he became a follower of Tzaduk. Amar said, Hu Yanai, Hu Yochanan. He is Yanai, he is Yochanan. He's trying to tell you that Yochanan Kohen Gadol, though he was righteous, comes from a dynasty in which people had sympathies towards heretical ways. And because of that, it fits into what he said. No, Yanai is one thing. Yochanan is another thing. They didn't share the same positions. Don't compare them. Yanai Rasha Mikaro. Yanai was evil in the beginning. Yochanan Sadiq Mikaro. Yochanan was a Sadiq in the beginning. Okay, the Gemara is really going to fight this out. Like, really fight it out. Let's keep going. The encyclopedia says. In his private life, let's leave the private life of Rabban Gamil for next week.